The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money, all right? That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? (laughs) And we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 9 betting preview. I'm joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague and the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. What's going on, Stuck? How was your week number eight? Uh, it was pretty much a wash week. I mean, we just got effed all over um, <laughs> all of our six packs. I mean, I have the Ravens somehow lose that game with like 300 more yards. You had Denver somehow oh, come back on you. I don't want to talk about Chargers. it. I, don't wanna, I mean, you, um, had, you had Denver. So, I mean, not on the six pack, but I know you took Denver. So, congrats. But yeah, that was that pissed me off. Ugh. Just brutal all the way around. <laughs> you know, sometimes the bounces don't go your way on a weekend, but overall, it was, it was a wash. And uh, moving on to this week. And uh, before we get into our Thursday night preview and the Sunday six pack where we draft our top six sides, a couple of very quick reminders. Number one, if you plan to bet on the NFL this season and haven't downloaded the free Action Network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools, analysis from myself, Stucky, and the whole Action Network team. And it lets you track every bet that you make. So download the Action Network app if you haven't already. You can also follow our six-pack picks uh, at the Sunday six-pack on the app. So be sure to check that out. And number two, if you want a chance at a free Vegas vacation, don't forget to enter the Action Pods Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM. This is the ninth week of this free Yahoo DFS tournament. Top five each week. Play for a free Vegas vacation valued at over $5,000 courtesy of BetMGM. 35 spots in the wild card weekend grand finale are still up for grabs and there's nothing to lose. Just imagine yourself on that free Vegas vacation. You're gambling, you're drinking, you run into Jason Witten at the Caesars food court. You start chatting. Next thing you know, boom. You're riding on that giant Ferris wheel at the link together, making plans to climb Mount Charleston in the morning. Anything is possible. So sign up now using the link in this episode description. All right, Stuck, let's get into it. Thursday night football. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. Green Bay Packers, six-point favorites at the San Francisco 49ers with a total of 48.5 at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Running back Jamal Williams, running back A.J. Dillon for Green Bay on the COVID uh, reserve list. Aaron Jones, questionable. Early in the week, we got reports that the team was pessimistic that he would play, but he is listed as questionable. Uh, if he doesn't go, running backs would be Tyler Irvin, who's kind of a kind of a Tyreek Cohen, more of a receiver than a running back kind of guy, and uh, Dexter Williams, who the te- since he was drafted, I don't know if the team has given him five carries in a game yet. So Aaron Jones, definitely a, a situation, a monitor for Green Bay. On the other side, San Francisco, I mean, the injuries keep coming. You have Jimmy Garoppolo out. You have Debo Samuel out, George Kittle out. Kendrick Bourne, the, the number three receiver who is playing number two for much of the year, he goes on the COVID list. I mean, Stuck, what are what do we make of this game with all of these guys out or questionable for both sides? Yeah, it's a hard game to cap. I, I don't know if I'll end up betting it. I mean, I always look for ways to not bet Thursday Night Football. I also still am trying to figure out, like, what is the difference between Jimmy G and his backup quarterbacks, right? Like, sometimes I'm like, all right, I see Jimmy G, and I say, all right, this is a significant drop-off. Sometimes I see Jimmy G, and I'm like, and Nick Mullins looks really good sometimes, and others a disaster. Maybe, like, maybe there's not much of a drop-off. 
So that's a tough thing to figure out here. But all the injuries for San Fran, I mean, it's crazy. And then you lose Kittle for eight weeks, effectively ending his season. Not only do you lose your best receiving option, I mean, he's a lead in run blocking too. You know, and then you you don't have Debo Samuel, who they could do so many things with and utilize his speed. Uh, you don't have Kendrick Bourne now. The defense is still riddled with injuries across the board. Their backfield is banged up too. But then you look at this matchup and – Shouldn't San Fran be able to run the ball on Green Bay? That's how they dominated them last year. And shouldn't Kyle Shanahan be able to cook up basically what we saw all of last year and last week? Look what Dalvin Cook did to this Green Bay run defense. This Green Bay run defense is who we thought they were. I'm struggling to set a line here with all the injuries, all the unknowns. You know, Green Bay without their top three backs. Green Bay has some offensive line injuries. But I do think it's too high at six. If that's what it is, I would lean to San Fran here. I might not get involved in this Thursday night game. It's it's a tough one to cap, but you would think that San Fran should be able to move the ball on the ground. That's that's the Achilles heel of Green Bay. And look, Green Bay's luck. Does this ever run out? They just every every week they play teams who have like fifty starters out. But uh, I do think that it's a little bit of an overreaction. Market's still too high on Green Bay, but tough tough game to cap here on a short week if it even gets played. But lean, I'd lean San Fran. And potentially the under as well. Uh, two teams that don't play necessarily very fast. Yeah, the, the totals come down. I think it opened over 50. I, I would lean the under and San Fran as well. Uh, even when I adjusted San Fran's line for, which seems like an every week process. It's like, you know, adjusting San Fran's power rating for their long-term injuries. Uh, and you can find our power ratings and, and projected spreads at actionnetwork.com and in the Action Network app. But yeah, it's like adjusting San Fran for these uh, long-term injuries and then <laughs> adjusting them more because they always have these other injuries that, you know, affect the week in question. And even after adjusting, you know, I still couldn't get this line to where the market is, you know, not even close. I think it should be kind of in that in that dead zone. Uh, you know, I initially had it at three. Uh, think it, I have it at four now, uh, but Definitely not six, which the you know, which is a key number in which the market has it at. But uh, would also lean the under. I think it's concerning for San Fran that they lose Bourne because he was playing well in play, you know, filling in for Debo and uh, Ayuk at times. And Green Bay actually has taken away top receivers very well. Um, you know, they, yeah, with, with Hire, they they do have some injuries. Um, is King is King still out or is he back? I'm not sure. That's up in the air, too. There's so yeah. many. I mean, it's a short week, too, so it's hard to. Right. But it makes it even tougher to project. Yeah. So it, it's a tough one, but uh, I would worry a little bit about San Fran's offense if they do have to throw the football because Green Bay has been excellent against uh, top receivers all year. Uh, on the other side, it's the San Fran defense. Not quite the same one as, as we saw last year that just completely obliterated. Aaron Rodgers, and I'll have something up uh, at action about this, just kind of looking at Rodgers and, and, you know, has he actually gotten any better? Or is it just that he's faced some, some good matches? But San Francisco still is number six in pressure rate at 26%. The thing is, this year, they're having to blitz a lot more to get there. So they're, they're blitzing at a top 10 rate, whereas last year they were blitzing at a bottom five rate. So I, I think Aaron Rodgers can beat the blitz if they do it that way. Uh, if they're able to, to get pressure and, and, and this Green Bay line is still banged up, uh, I think it's a little shakier. But either way, I, I'd probably lean under. And uh, I think the line is too big in favor of Green Bay, but probably wouldn't bet that either way just with all the uncertainty. Uh, so I think under the, the play I would lean towards the most uh, in this game. So there you have it, Thursday Night Football. Check the Action app uh, for the latest information. Uh, and speaking of Thursday night, Bet MGM has a great sign-up offer for the game. If it does go on, customers can bet $1 and win 100 in free bets. If either team scores a touchdown tonight, just sign up and make your first bet using bonus code ACTION100. Download the Bet MGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTION100 to bet $1 and win 100 in free bets if either the 49ers or the Packers score a touchdown on Thursday night football as a reminder you must be 21 or older and physically located in colorado indiana new jersey nevada or west virginia please gamble responsibly have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 in colorado and nevada 1-800-GAMBLER in new jersey and west virginia or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in indiana promo offer not available in nevada all right let's get to the main event the week number nine 
Sunday Six Pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday Six Pack. All right, stuck. First pick is worth two. Others are worth one. Total that we give in the next segment uh, will be worth one as well. You are up 22-18 on the year, and you have the first pick this week. Where are you going? All right, let's get very, very ugly, and we're going with the Dallas Cowboys plus 13 and a half at BetMGM for the contest. doesn't matter, but there's shop around. You might get some Steelers late money, but there's some 14s out there. I bet 14 earlier today. Look, you're going to either have – it's ugly with the Cowboys. You're either going to have Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush starting at quarterback. Only upside compared to Ben DiNucci. You know, he didn't really do much last week. So, it's I mean, you, you still have a very young quarterback making his first collegiate start. I just disagree on the drop-off from Dalton to these scrubs. I don't think it could have gotten any worse. We've talked about that before. And the Dallas defense played a little better, which I thought last week. You know, they made those cuts, and it was kind of uh, an inspired effort on a defense that's been just a disaster all year long. But mainly, I just think this line is too high. I make it closer to 10-ish. It all depends on what you're going to grade these quarterbacks at. But it's also just a miserable, miserable spot for the Steelers third straight road game right they're coming off wins at Tennessee and then at Baltimore their offense still has major major issues we've talked about this you look at early down success rate you look at the explosive rates on the run game and the pass game the offensive line isn't playing as well Big Ben is not who he used to be the offense is just not great I mean what they have 220 total yards against the Ravens last week and this is your classic Tomlin spot Tom, in the past two weeks, what did he do? He won on the road as an underdog against teams over 500. In his career now, he's 17-5 against the spread in that situation. Number one out of all the coaches in our Bat Labs database since 2003. Well, on the road as a favorite over sub-500 teams, he's dead last in our database. He's 15-28 and 28 against the spread. How about if we look straight up on the road as a favorite versus a sub-500 team? Just winning the game outright. He is 25 and 19. That's it, just winning the game. That includes just five and four outright as a double digit favorite over teams under 500 on the road. That, all that dead last in our database, negative 21% ROI. How about on the road straight up as an underdog against teams that are over 500, against winning teams? 15 and seven outright, which we've seen the past two weeks. 70% ROI. That's number one. He's won 68% of his games on the road as an underdog against winning teams compared to 57% on the road as a favorite against losing teams. And it goes back to, look, you could dig for trends for days and come up with backing for a play, but this fits one of the few narratives I really believe in. The NFL, Tomlin is your rah-rah coach, and that's one of the strengths of Tomlin. He gets this team fired up. It's us against the world. When, it, when they're playing these losing teams on the road, you see these flat efforts year in and year out. Ask any Steelers fan. It wouldn't shock me if this game is close late and the Steelers just come out completely flat. You know, it could end in disaster for the Cowboys. But you're also catching 14, two touchdowns in a game with a total of 42 against a broken Steelers offense. If you're looking for more trends, I mean, bad teams, teams that have won 20% or fewer of their games that are catching double digits, since 2003, they're 115, 83, and 3 against the spread. That's 58%. November on, they're 61, 39, and 3. That's 61% against the spread. So what's that say? I mean, especially later in the year, is you're just getting some value on these teams that no one wants to back. And you have a team in the Cowboys that's 0-8 against the spread. Only one other team has been 0-8 against the spread since 2000, the 2003 Raiders, I believe. Meanwhile, the Steelers are 6-1 and against the spread. So you have this team that keeps covering. And they've been fortunate to do so in a couple games. And then you have a team that hasn't covered yet. Um, I think it's a great buy low, sell high spot and a classic Tomlin fade spot. And ultimately, I think the line is inflated. So I'll take the two touchdowns with Dallas at home. It's ugly, but that's where we're going. I mean, you kind of summed it up. I'm just glad you took it so I didn't have to because it's 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 the right play, but it's, oh, it's so ugly. I mean, I have... In Bet Labs, you know, set up here, I, I have, you know, trends for, for all these things. And I have, count them, seven 
different trends telling me to bet the Dallas Cowboys and zero telling me to bet the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is somewhat rare. Usually when you have that many trends on a game, you just have at least one on the other side. And that's the thing about trends actually we should point out. Like the reason why we always, you know, we'll mention some trends, but we, we're going to go into the matchup analysis. And that's the basis here is because you can almost always find a conflicting trend on both sides of a game on, on every game. If you, if you search long enough, but everything is pointing to bet Dallas teams just don't go this long without covering. Uh, when I, when I put this in my model with the two quarterbacks, I got a 15 and a half though. So like the only thing telling me not to bet it is my model. Look, the trend searching, it's just something I believe in the trends just back it up. Also buy low, sell high spot, which I'm always trying to do in the NFL. Steelers offense has been broken. I am always a sucker for a double digit home dog in the NFL, which has performed well historically. And then I'm getting one, uh, two touchdowns at a total of 42. So hold your nose here. I'm taking the Cowboys. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. For my first pick and the second overall pick of the Week 9 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints plus five and a half at Tampa Bay. And listen, Tampa Bay coming off a kind of an ugly game. They should be getting some pieces back this week. Uh, Godwin's practicing. Antonio Brown will make his debut, it looks like. But uh, this Saints team, I think is can compete with anybody. They're probably not in those days where they're going to straight blow teams out anymore, but getting them as a five and a half point road underdog here, Tampa Bay, their offense, even with the additions, I think they'll still be a little bit shaky. They're number 24 in success rate with the pass on early downs and uh, number 21 overall for the year. And they have had, guys healthy you know it's not been like they've had guys out every week so Tampa Bay offense shaky New Orleans even with all the injuries Michael Thomas has played in one game so far Uh, New Orleans number seven in early down success rate on offense and then you look at the spots and Sean Payton as a road underdog 30 21 and two in his career that's a 59 percent hit rate against the spread New Orleans has been a a very solid overall team uh, even though they're not number one in DVOA like Tampa Bay. They're number seven overall, number seven on offense, eight on defense, five on special teams, very solid uh, overall team. You have Emmanuel Sanders uh, practicing after being on the COVID list. Michael Thomas practicing as well. We'll see if he actually makes his return this week or not. Uh, after It looked like uh, Alvin Kamara was being held out, but he's going to play as well. So Saints should be relatively uh, healthy, at least healthier than they've been these past few weeks. And uh, I think this is going to be a competitive game. You also have a, a division matchup. Those tend to be tighter uh, than your average game. It's the second division matchup later in the year. So uh, also like the game to be a little on the lower scoring side, uh, which also helps the dog. So uh, taking the Saints in a, what I think is a good spot for them. Uh, I think they could keep this competitive with Tampa Bay and uh, even they could win this game uh, and always want that uh, when I'm taking a dog. Uh, try to envision them, be, be able to envision them pulling out the upset. And uh, I think New Orleans can absolutely do that uh, in this spot. So New Orleans plus five and a half at Tampa, number one pick. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, I want to get your thoughts on this actually before I share my thoughts on the game. What are your thoughts on Michael Thomas? Is there something else going on there? Is he going to play? Is he not playing the rest of the year? I mean, what is the, what's the deal there? So I looked into this, I was, kind of wondering about this last week apparently what would happen for people that are 
don't know is that he he got in a fight with CJ Gardner Johnson in practice, punched him. But the real issue is that he didn't apologize afterwards and like was talking back to the coaches and, and kind of just disrespecting them. And so essentially Peyton had no choice but to suspend him because you just can't, especially a, a coach with the kind of respect that Sean Peyton garners. Like you can't have a, a guy, especially like the star of the team, you know, disrespecting him. So they held him out that game and then he picked up another injury, another hamstring injury. At least that's what they say. Um, he says he was hurt the whole time. So there, there are conflicting reports. I don't know. I think that the Saints are kind of getting – it's kind of turning into an Antonio Brown situation. It's like best receiver in the league, putting up a ton of numbers, but you're seeing it like in front of our eyes kind of the – it's getting to this dude's head because we've seen it on social media with him going in at, at Devontae Parker over, uh, you know, some comments that had nothing to do with him in the offseason, I believe it was. So uh, just uh, not a great situation, but – with him on the field, the Saints are obviously better than not. I mean, they've get, they've been getting by with, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't even know who they had out there last week. Austin Carr and, and company. They waived Tommy Lee Lewis after a week, Juwan Johnson. So Sanders is back. That That's big. Thomas, still iffy, but he is practicing. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think the, the line is a little bit inflated. The Bucks also on a short week. Godwin is in a, a definite. Um but it's – the Saints have been – look, their defense has just been, man, I thought it was going to be a lot better. But they're giving up, like, touchdowns of, like, 90% of red zone drives. That, that should regress. They should have a, a bump in their defense the rest of the way. Um, the only thing that does concern me here, and this might get into your total later, is the wind. We could potentially have 20-mile-an-hour-plus 20, 20 winds. Look, Tampa defends short pass as well. They defend the run well. Breeze doesn't really have a strong arm. Now he has a shoulder injury he's dealing with in practice. So what can New Orleans get anything down the field? I don't know. Um, but they might be able to run the ball here. You saw the Giants with, yeah. like, Alfred. nothing run the ball. And that's that's really when you might have started to see the impact of the loss of Vita Vea. And they also may miss his pressure that he was able to get up the middle because that's really how you get to Breeze. And you can really disrupt that Saints offense is if you can get pressure up the middle because Breeze, look, he's short. We know that. And if you can get, if you can get pressure, generate pressure up the middle, that can bother him a little bit. And then also he just gets rid of the ball so quick. It's a short passing offense. So it's not like, and they have good tackles. It's not like you're going to get much from the edges. So yeah, I think the, I agree with you that the, that's where the value is. Yeah. The, the saints are number four in adjusted line yards allowed The bucks are number one. So the saints can play some run D well. I think if there's kind of a, shaky weather situation it actually it only helps the, the saints as a dog in this case uh unfortunately it didn't help them you know as a favorite you know especially past the three points um last week but uh hey if breeze is hurt we have the uh the secret weapon on the bench for the saints Jameis. Jameis against his old team and the, the revenge spot off the bench he can throw it in any weather so he can yep. might throw might throw it to the other team but <laughs> he can throw it Yep. Um, that would sure be interesting if he comes in. <laughs> Just hope he doesn't throw any pick sixes. And before we move on, here's our coach's pep talk for this week. The pep talk this week comes to us courtesy of George C. Scott in the 1970 film Patton. And we're dedicating it to the Saints and the Bucks. Give us some unders in this bad weather. You want to see me, General? Oh, yeah, Chaplain. I'm sick and tired of Third Army having to fight the Germans. And now this ungodly weather. I want a prayer, a weather prayer. A weather prayer, sir? Yes, let's see if you can't get God working with us in this thing. Gonna take a pretty thick rug for that kind of praying. I don't care if it takes a flying carpet. No, I don't know how this is gonna be received, General. Well, I can assure you, sir, because of my intimate relations with the Almighty, if you write a good prayer, we'll have good weather. I expect that prayer within an hour. Yes, sir. So there was your coach's pep talk for the week. High winds. Let's get this under. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. 
For my second pick and the third overall of the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans minus six against the Chicago Bears. Um, look, the Titans, I'm betting this for a number of reasons. I, I don't believe in the Bears um, at all. Their offense is terrible. And now they might be without four starting offensive linemen. They might from their opening roster. They have COVID issues. They have just starters that are going to be out multiple weeks, one out of seat. I mean, so it is a mess what the Bears offensive line looks like. You might, you might say, though, you know, the Titans don't really get pressure, which is very true. And last week, the Bengals mm. had – you know, all backup offensive linemen everywhere, and that didn't matter. They didn't sack Burrow a single time. What, what's going to be different this week? Well, number one, there's a big drop-off between Burrow and Nick Foles. Nick Foles hasn't been playing well. But most importantly, it looks like Tennessee is now going to have a full stable of corners. Two of the worst corners in the NFL this year, Jonathan Joseph and Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson in the slot, Joseph on the outside. I mean, Joseph has been just getting roasted. And last week, he was horrendous. So they cut him. And they signed Desmond King, who could play in the slot. Is a little vulnerable deep, but that's not where the Bears are going to beat you. And it looks like a Dory Jackson is going to come back this week, who's their best corner by far. They have two roster spots. They have a roster spot open, and they haven't said if he's going to play or not. But I think, judging from the cuts and cutting Joseph, that he's going to be back this week. He practiced last week. So now you have a Dory Jackson on the outside with Malcolm Butler, and now you have Desmond King, which is an enormous upgrade over Chris Jackson in the slot. So now you have a competent corner group, and the Titans haven't been able to cover all year. It's one of the reasons that on third down, they're allowing teams to convert at 62% of the time. That's the most in NFL history if the season ended today. By the way, third down conversions across the NFL are way up. Ed Road teams. Well, yeah, because of the Titans. The, that, well, yeah, the Titans, the Giants. There's a, there's a bunch of teams up there, but third downs in general across, and I think that has to do some with noise. If you look at yeah. road teams specifically, it's up. You know, the third, the Titans' third down defense has been bad, but they haven't been able to cover anybody, and they're playing a Bears offense that is converting third downs at 34.86%. That's only better than the Jets. It's 31st in the NFL. But what I think most importantly is now that the Titans have their corners – Ray will be able to blitz and he hasn't been able to do that. They just been sitting back because the, their corners couldn't cover. And I disagree with that, but he just couldn't trust his corners. Now, actually, if you could trust your corners. I actually wanted to get your thoughts on this because um, I, I, I came across this information and something that I, it hasn't been talked about enough, but Rabel, remember Dean Pease is gone now. Rabel is his own defensive coordinator and didn't hire another one. I just yep. wondered if you think that, is playing into this defense because remember, I think we talked about it on last week's show, like Tennessee's defense until this year, they found a way kind of with eh, okay talent to be pretty good in points allowed near the top of the league uh, two years in a row. Um, so I just wonder if you had any thoughts on kind of Vrabel taking over in that spot. Yeah. I mean, one of the things he's, I think this year it's been more personnel than anything. In the offseason, they, they just lack edge rush. So they, they tried to sign Vic Beasley. That didn't work out from the start, even from camp, and he just got cut. And then they signed Clowney. He's been meh. He's definitely not the Clowney of old. So they're not generating much of an edge rush. But one of the things you got with Dean Pease, he loved the blitz. But this year, Vrabel hasn't really been doing that. He's been disguising blitzes and dropping back. And I think a lot of that is just personnel with all of the secondary issues, especially with Dory Jackson. Like the difference between their – secondary play when Adoree Jackson really started to come on versus before he did is night and day. And he's been hurt. You know, you have Chris Jackson playing in the slot with Logan Ryan, not great, but he was at least knew what he was doing out there in the slot last year. So now I think you finally have, you know, Des King and Dory Jackson and Malcolm Butler. So I think you'll see more blitzing here. The bears defense has been keeping them in games. Their offense has been miserable across the board. They're, they're number one on third down. They're number one in the red zone, but the Titans, we know, are elite in their red zone. Oh, yeah. So I think that washes out what the Bears have been doing. When when they have been giving up drives, they've been shutting teams down in the red zone, but you can't really do that against the Titans. We know how bad the Bears offense is, and you know, Bears offense also is 30th in red zone offense. Uh, just across the board, it's terrible. So I like the minus six. I think they went by a touchdown plus here on a nice bounce back after two straight losses. Yeah, and at least if you get to six, you know, you get that insurance because Goskowski, man. I mean, that's. I feel like Goskowski makes me more nervous than the than the defense. But I agree. I think this is a good spot for the Titans. They're going to be able to outscore most teams, and uh, simply because, like you said, they can finish drives. That defense has been so bad that it can only get better from here. And uh, yeah, I think with the 
personnel kind of adjustments. You can tell that they're kind of at their wit's end and uh, they getting they should be getting some guys back at the right time. They cut some guys. King will help. So, yeah, I like the Titans uh, as well. I don't tell you what to do with your money. Don't fucking tell me what to do with mine, okay? Instantly, I regret saying that. That was a horrible thing to say. I love y'all very much. For the number four pick and my second pick of the week nine Sunday six pack, going with the Kansas City Chiefs minus 10 and a half in Arrowhead against the Carolina Panthers. Listen, the Panthers have been playing well this year. They've been keeping games close, but we're starting to see them come back down to earth. That Falcons game, I think, was a perfect example uh, of a, a team that beat up. They, they should have been able to kind of beat, I would say, and they weren't able to do it. They weren't even really that competitive outside of a kind of a, what was it, a flea flicker to Curtis Samuel. Uh, they got some injury, bad luck. I think Bridgewater was out for, for a series or something. But this Panther team, I think as you're getting more film on them, and I know McCaffrey's coming back, which will help, but uh, you're getting more film on them. I think it's, it's just tough for them with the, the talent they have on defense to, to hang around in games. And then on offense, you know, McCaffrey, that's great. But Bridgewater is still what he is. Um, he's, he's a guy that he's not going to necessarily lose you games. And that's why he's so good at covering against the spread uh, or has been. But that's going to come back down to earth eventually, too. And uh, I think it does this week against these Chiefs. Listen, Mahomes is still playing at an MVP level. The Chiefs, you know, I think that stretch they went through early in the year. They played the Chargers, and the Chargers just kind of sat back and didn't blitz them, uh, which is probably what Carolina will do. Um, but, you know, sat back. Uh, then, you know, they had some matchups where they had to kind of overcome that strategy. And then they played the, the, the Jets, who well, then they played Fangio, and uh, they kind of do it on defense. And then they played the Jets, where they have to throw it around because they have a good run defense. Everyone knows you can run on KC. So people will look at McCaffrey's return and say, okay, you know, this, this will help Carolina. But at the end of the day, KC gives up runs because – they tend to be up in games. They tend to be in control of games and they're not going to dedicate, uh, you know, resources to stop, you know, giving you, get, giving you three yards instead of four or five on a run play. So uh, if Carolina wants to run the ball in KC, I don't think that helps them cover the spread in this spot. Uh, Carolina is just not talented enough on defense. They're getting Douglas back, but overall, I just think not talented enough on defense to hold down this offense. So I like this number at 10 and a half. Uh, probably like it up to 12 because I think Casey wins by uh, two touchdowns here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, most quarterbacks and, and teams in general, you just don't see them cover as favorites, especially over longer periods of time, because, it's, you know, it's just so hard. Public likes favorites. They bet favorites. The lines are inflated. Uh, only Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, I think, uh, have been good at it over the, the long term. Patrick Mahomes now kind of building one of those track records. Up to 23, 13, and 1, 64% against the spread as a favorite, including 5-2 and two this season. So uh, not usually confident about these large favorites, but uh, like the Chiefs in this spot against the Carolina Panthers, who, because they've been keeping games close, I think, are attracting a little too much uh, underdog love. Yeah, don't hate it. I make this 13. Um, oh, that's even uh, higher than me. I'm just, I've been consistently low on the Panthers and their defense is just overperformed. It's one of those defenses that I expect extreme regression for. They've been playing, they're, I think, the most zone heavy team last year and the most zone heavy team this year. You know, they, if you look at that Falcons game, I mean, the Falcons just were the Falcons, but the Falcons should have put up what, what close to 40 points in that yes. game. You know, and it was also that you had a, like a, a monsoon at some point, at some points during the game. So I think that this, I still have this as a bottom three defense, the Panthers. They have been grading out this year closer to average to 20th. But So I think there's a lot of regression coming. Dante Jackson dealing with a toe injury. He's not fully healthy. I don't even know if he'll go. He met with the specials today, and he said, my goal was to just not re-aggregate it, so they might sit him out. But I think like guys like Corn Elder, I think he's actually might be hurt too, has been overperforming. Russell Douglas has been great, but I think he's been overperforming. You know, up front, Kerr is still hurt. They lost short. They don't get after the quarterback. What that's the key with Mahomes. So how you Mahomes picks apart zones for fun. The only time that you can you can successfully run a zone against them is if you can also generate it's what the Chargers do. They have elite pass rushers. So you can kind of sit back in your cover three. You have good cover guys, but then you're also having Ingram and Bosa get pressure on Mahomes, right? Mahomes will pick apart the zone, especially because he's not gonna be under pressure. And that RPO offense, that's why Hilaire works so well. They're all their RPOs they run <clears throat> were built to 
just dominate zone defenses like this. So, and then, you know, you're going to have no Keekly in the middle anymore. He's going to be able to RPI and it's the Panthers run. He might be the worst in the NFL. So I, I don't know how this Panthers team stops the chiefs. You're going to have a lot of RPO slants to Hill, a lot of runs. It's just, it, I, I think it's going to be a mess. Uh, the Panthers, I think we'll, we'll put up a couple touchdowns on the board, but the, the chiefs should uh, be able to do what they want here. All right, for the my final pick and the fifth overall of the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals minus four. Back to Cliff. This is a team I, I wouldn't bet last year. They haven't let me down once this year. This was your team last year, and it's been my team this year, which is pretty yeah, funny. These are some surprising and, stucky picks, I must say. The, the Titans is, as favorites. The You need the Titans yeah. cards to win is essentially by a touchdown. This is this is Yes, <laughs> very. NFL Underworld has been crushing. They're 68 and 51 against the spread, 57% on the year. Since 2000, the only year where they've been better than that, 2006. So it can happen. They were 144, 105, and 7, about 58%. But you might see some regression on dogs. Not why I'm betting the favorites here, but maybe that works in my favor. Look, I just think Cardinals, number one, coming off of a bye. Where I think the Cardinals are going to win this is in the red zone. I think that they're going to execute more. But then the Dolphins, I just think the Dolphins are getting too much love here after that win over the Rams. Go look at that box score. The, The Dolphins had 145 total yards of offense. Yeah, Gaskin's out now, too. And I know that the Cardinals have injuries. They lost Jones. They Kennard is on the COVID list. Byron Murphy's on the COVID list. But I, I just think, look, people are like two of one, and they blew out the the Rams from an EPA per play perspective. Tua was the worst quarterback in the NFL last week. Worse than Ben DiNucci. He he, he didn't do anything, and he looked bad. That's okay. I think he's going to be fine. But he's still a rookie quarterback. So I I was kind of hedging. All right, do I downgrade Tua? Do I downgrade the Dolphins a lot from Fitzpatrick, who's top 10 in the NFL in EPA per play, by the way, on the yep. year? They were number one or, in pass success rate on early downs. With yeah, now all of a sudden you go to a rookie quarterback. And I was like, all right, well, I liked what Tua did in college. I think he's going to be good. So I kind of didn't downgrade them as much. But then I saw last week and I'm like, all right, this pass off, he has some work to do. And this pass offense definitely took a step back without Fitzpatrick. Maybe I think this is a more of a long-term move anyway. So I just think the Dolphins are getting way too much love here. And the Dolphins play a ton Number one, the Dolphins are 32nd in the NFL with, if you look at most advanced metrics against the run, horrendous run defense, good corners. Uh, they can get after the quarterback a little bit, but they play a lot of man, right? This is uh, Brian Flores this is a Bill Belichick on, from the Bill Belichick. Tree. They're going to play a lot of man defense. What is that set up for? Kyler Murray running the ball with his legs, uh, which I think is going to be, if he just gets by that first wave, he's going to have space to run. And then just in general, this Cardinals offense, it's an explosive rushing offense because they spread you out. And this Miami defense is just horrible against the run. So I think the Cardinals will be able to run the ball. They're going to execute in the red zone to it. I didn't see anything last week. That's going to make me believe this week, all of a sudden he's going to light up the scoreboard. So I had to drop the dolphins considerably until I see some improvement for Tua. And there's no reason to panic. He's a rookie quarterback. We just made his first start, but I think it's going to take him some time. So yeah, give me uh, the Cardinals minus four and cliff off of a bye at home in a number I think should be, six a little over six ish not so why i was initially like on the dolphins like early in the week it's tough because i started looking at the numbers and i realized that yeah i have to downgrade this offense more because it's not just that you have this rookie quarterback it's that they were playing so well with fitzpatrick like yeah, he was a top 10 quarterback <laughs> this year yeah so, you know, all things considered, I, I think I just don't see how Miami gets enough offense. I think this could actually be an under game, too, because, uh, you know, even with the Cardinals losing some defenders, I mean, the Cardinals have been kind of iffy on offense. They, they've had these stretches where they just take a long time to get, get where they're going. And then sometimes they have these big plays. But the Dolphins' defense in, against the pass has been playing well. So uh, I think it, it could be a little bit of an under game. But, I, yeah, I just don't see how the Dolphins get much offense unless two is – night and day different uh from from last week so yeah uh, i i'm i'm with you now I, w- I wouldn't have been with you like when this line first drops i was like that's ah, too high but uh, i can see it now are you gonna place a bet or what Dude, i'm gonna take one i know you're gonna disagree with me so uh this will give you a nice chance to pad your lead but i am going for the sixth and final pick my third pick of the sunday six pack with the team that never wins big except last week 
the Seattle Seahawks minus three on the road against Buffalo. And I'm pretty sure you have Buffalo as a slight favorite in this game stuck. So I'm interested to hear your opinion uh, on this one, but uh, I actually have this as Seattle three and a half. Um, I did um, make a little adjustment with Seattle for their, um, I think their defense will get a little bit better with, you know, the additions they made at the deadline and uh, Adams coming back. It looks like he should be a full go this week. Uh, so I think that, I also like the over in this game. I think there will be points scored, but I think Seattle right now is pretty much a lock week in, week out to give you 30 plus points. I just don't think Buffalo is a better shootout team than Seattle. And this Buffalo defense, now I know they've been missing different pieces at times, Milano, um, Norman, White's been banged up, but even a healthy McDermott defense, I don't think they match up particularly well with Seattle. I think that, like, yeah, you have Trey White. Okay, he can guard one of these two guys. But, I mean, Wilson's been so good that they're still going to to make plays. And this is one of the few teams, I think, that can actually, you know, like Buffalo likes to keep everything in front of them. I think Seattle, better than any team in the league at, at, at connecting on deep balls um, in tight spaces. So, like Seattle, I think they'll be a little healthy in, running, in, in the running backs uh, stable this week, so they won't have to use DJ Dallas. We'll see about that. But overall, I just think this is a good spot. Uh, for Seattle, I think they they are they are the better team. I know it's a, a cross country road trip. I think that tends to get overrated. Matthew Friedman uh, posted a, a piece for his early bet trends that looked at uh, these teams and and how they've been uh, undervalued by the market over the last few years. But particularly Seattle, I believe is fourteen and six against the spread. Uh, Pete Carroll in these spots, so uh, like Seattle uh, to get a uh, a win here. I think they probably win this game by more like a touchdown. I know you disagree, so tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm higher on the Bills in the market, lower on the Seahawks. Their defense should presumably get a little better. It's still a dumpster fire defense. You have, you know, Jamal Adams is hopefully coming back soon, you think. You added Carlos Dunlap, which helps up front, although I don't think Carlos Dunlap is necessarily moves the needle anymore, but he helps compared to what they had there before. The Bills – do have some concerning injuries though. So I might have yeah. to adjust this line. You know, Mitch Morris is in con- in, in yes. concussion protocol. Feliciano looked okay. He might be able to fill in, but you have Ford, Cody Ford who's still banged up. Uh, you have Micah Hyde, their safety and their safeties are just the strength of the team. He's in concussion protocol. So, you know, AJ Klein, their slot, Teron Johnson has been a dumpster fire. He's hurt too. I don't know how much that matters, but if he's playing, I don't know what else they have. Behind him, maybe Norman comes back, and it's, it's just a mess. It's just Trey White is really the only reliable one there. So I have to look to see who's going to end up playing. I do like some of the play call play calling that Buffalo Buffalo finally started running more play action last week, which uh, I think can work here. I don't hate the play. I don't care about Seattle coming across country, but their defense is still a train wreck. It's just Russell Wilson, and are they are is Seattle going to be able to continue playing that? The most they can't afford any drop off. I mean, they're scoring touchdowns in the red zone like ninety two percent or something. So I mean, if you see even a little bit of drop off and regression from the Seattle offense, you hope that you get it from the other side on the defensive bump. But basically, I mean, I think that I'll end up making Seattle a slight favorite here after adjusting for some of these injuries. I got to wait for the injury report tomorrow. But to me, uh, I mean, I'll just be teasing Buffalo, teasing against (laughs) Seattle up to over eight, which finally didn't work out last week because San Fran didn't get a two point conversion. Well, we both, I believe we both took advantage of that. Like the line just moved crazy and it seemed like free. It seemed like a free square because Seattle uh, ended up being a, what was it like a one point dog? Like right before it closed. So I think we both ended up taking Seattle. So that, that, that did work out. But uh, yeah, it, it was like the one week where Seattle wins big. San Francisco has their own issues, but I mean, I don't know. Seattle, again, it's when you have a quarterback this good, it's like people will continue to wait for their luck to run out. And I mean, even that Arizona game that they blew, I mean, they were in control that whole game. Um, But Russell Wilson over the course of his career, I mean, 37, uh, 35 and 27 and four against the spread on the road, 37 and 28 at home, Uh, you know, and so overall that's a, you know, that's a, 73 55 and seven uh against the spread mark i mean it's it's that's russell wilson just like tom brady for his entire career essentially in in new england made them a profitable team so 
Uh, Seattle's a team that I'm not going to shy away from, especially because you don't always get them in these in these small spots these days because they're playing so well that they're bound to be overrated when they you know when they come back home. So uh, I still think they can win games by a touchdown. Uh, you know, and if you know it's three, I mean, I lose the contest if they win by three. But uh, you know, if you're betting it, they push. I still think they win the game. So going with Seattle here, uh, but uh, I could see how people that would make people nervous. But like Seattle in a spot and uh, one, oh, one trend I want to point out with uh, with Seattle in this game. And this is a trend that I've been noticing. Uh, I've been getting alerts for in bet labs, but when you have a, a underdog that's been covering at an, uh, with a margin of three or worse, which the Buffalo bills have this year, um, those teams have actually, usually you're trying to back, um, you know, dogs that haven't been covering, but when that eight, when that margin is uh, three points or worse, and they're going against a favorite that. Uh, has been covering by you know no more than four four and a half points so nothing too crazy where you're going to expect like monster regression so the Seahawks fit this trend um, 135 69 and 7 66 percent since 2003 a graded trend three and oh this year it's, it rarely happens um, but uh, and it's got to be October to December obviously you need some sample size but something I've noticed here where the the models don't quite pick that up so I'm, I'm going with Seattle uh, so that is the Week number nine, six pack stuck went with the Cowboys plus 13 and a half. The Titans minus six and the Arizona Cardinals minus four. I went with the New Orleans Saints plus five and a half. Kansas City Chiefs minus 10 and a half and the Seahawks minus three. Next up, we have our favorite over under plays of the week. So uh, we got our total here. Uh, didn't work out for me in that Pittsburgh game. Did grab a live number that I think it was like 57 or something. I mean, that total shot up when when all that action happened in the first quarter. But uh, unfortunately, did not connect for for the show. This week going with the Saints and Bucks under 51 and a half at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Listen, you have 50. 15 plus mile per hour wins projected here. You have Tampa Bay, great defense. You have New Orleans, a team that still should be able to move the ball against this defense. The drives might take longer. You have New Orleans, a team that is bottom five in uh, situation neutral pace. Uh, not a team that's going to necessarily go super fast. Tampa Bay, middle of the pack. Uh, you have two of the better run defenses in this league, which uh, always helps to set up some long third downs. So, and you have two old quarterbacks trying to play, you know, 40 plus year old quarterbacks trying to play in some high wins. Uh, so uh, give me the under in this game. Uh, we saw Tampa Bay's offense look a little shaky in uh, against the giants, uh, the saints defense getting healthier. Uh, so give me the under 51 and a half in buck saints. Yeah. You stole this one for me. This is my favorite total of the week. Yeah. I mean, just to throw, I talked about a little, about this earlier, but yeah, from a, a pace perspective in situational neutral plays, but the Bucks are middle of the road. The Saints are a snail. I think the Saints are like 28th or 29th in the NFL. So it's not like you're going to have two speed racers here with the wins. I, I like both defenses and uh, I think both teams are going to have to work hard to move the ball. Michael Thomas being out and Chris Godwin would help, but even with it, with the wins, I, I agree with you there for my, Favorite total of the week. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs and Carolina Panthers over 52 and a half at BetMGM. The Panthers don't play that fast, uh, which is a bit concerning, but I think they'll be able to move the ball here some. I could count on them maybe for, you know, 17 to 20 points and I think the Chiefs like I said before against that zone defense that doesn't get any pressure with their RPOs with Mahomes I think they're going to be able to score at will so give me the over I know the trends with Reed and unders at home and if it gets too much of a blowout that might get concerning but I think the Panthers can do some things on offense uh, to give me enough points here and uh, I think it's going to be a feast for the Chiefs offense against the what I expect to be a heavily regressing Carolina defense the rest of the way. Yeah. The Chiefs can put up points. It's, it's really a question of, of the Panthers here. And uh, you know, I, I think they, I mean, McCaffrey back 
should help them get enough points to, to get the total over. Um, we'll see about the weather. I know there is some weather there, so that is something to watch. Um, could be some wins there. Um, but it's not like the Panthers are throwing a ton downfield. Uh, don't hate it. All right, so that's our favorite totals of the week. I went Saints, Bucks under 51 and a half. Stuck went Chiefs, Panthers over 52 and a half. Now let's get into our weekly teaser segment. Oh, yeah. Six-point teasers. And for those not familiar, a teaser is when you combine two or more bets, and each bet you get an additional amount of points towards the spread. In this case, uh, we're doing a standard six-point two-team teaser. So that means, for example, if you're teasing an eight-point favorite with a six-point teaser, they become a two-point favorite. Uh, And if you're teasing an eight-point underdog, they become a 14-point underdog stuck has a lot of great information and strategy uh, up at actionnetwork.com you can google it stucky teaser and uh, and find a lot of great information on how he goes about his philosophy and what numbers he's looking for uh, when he's teasing so go check those out but stuck where are you going uh, for your two teamer in week number nine basically the premise is you want to tease through both three and seven so if you have two two and a half point underdogs and you can tease them up over eight, even better. You're crossing three, four, six, and seven. Same thing with a, a seven, seven and a half point favorite. You're teasing down uh, under a field goal and crossing all those key numbers. Uh, so for this week, I already mentioned the bills. I love teasing uh, against the Seahawks requiring them to win by more than two possessions. The Buffalo offense should have some success here. And uh, I'm going to go with Houston teasing them down from seven, seven and a half to one, one and a half playing against a uh, sixth-round rookie and Jake Luton from Oregon State who will make his his start here. And both teams off of a bye. Texans should be able to just pick apart this horrendous Jacksonville defense. And uh, you have a rookie six-round quarterback making the start. So Texans should win this game. Yeah, I like that call. I, I was tempted to pick the Texans uh, against the spread as one of, the, as one of my picks for the six-pack. But uh, like the call there, going with the Texans as well down to a half a point and then teasing the Indianapolis Colts up from two and a half point underdogs to eight and a half point underdogs. I know you have some stats about teasing rivers up. Uh, so, you know, this is kind of how I bet on the Colts because don't like to bet on them straight up. Rivers does kind of make some mistakes that make me nervous, but Baltimore, all kinds of banged up on the offensive line. They just lost Stanley uh, also, uh, we was Marlon Humphrey went on the COVID list. So uh, Baltimore not at full strength. And I mean, this offense is a bit of a problem. I mean, they're not the team they were last year. Seems like, you know, the offseason, whatever it was, teams getting some film has really kind of helped uh, this offense or defenses kind of shut down this offense and, and keep Lamar Jackson in check more so than last season and this is another good defense Indianapolis so uh, teasing them up to eight and a half along with those Texans down to a half point favorite yeah I mean the Ravens look you have you're going to be missing Marlon Humphrey who I think is a top two corner in the NFL now he has COVID you're obviously missing Ronnie Stanley an all pro left tackle Tyree Phillips their starting guard is out although there's not much of a drop off between him and his backup but what they're going to do with Stanton, like you're going to move Orlando Brown over from the right side to the left side, and now you're going to bring in DJ Fluker on the right side. Not great at pass blocking. I think the Ravens are going to go very run heavy, and, and they're just struggling to throw the ball right now. If I mean, the first play of the game or second play of the game, Lamar Jackson just hands the Steelers a free seven points. So I think they're going to go very run heavy with some pass potential pass protection issues, and uh, the Colts will be sitting back in, in a lot of their zone and – maybe there's not going to be as many lanes for Lamar to run in the other side of the ball. Look, you have the Ravens, not only are they missing Marlon Humphrey on the outside. uh, I mean, they have seven or eight total players on the COVID list. So, you know, Judon Bowser, Patrick queen, LJ Fort, Harrison, Deshaun Elliott. I mean, you might be going with a a corner that's been, hasn't played yet this year. In addition to Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters, Look, the, the Ravens don't play particularly fast, neither do the Colts. I do still – this total's ticked up because of all the defensive injuries. I do still think this is an underplay, uh, but I don't hate the tees at all. To recap, Stuck went with the Buffalo Bills plus nine and the Texans down to a half point, and I'm going with the Texans down to a half point. The Colts up to eight and a half. Those are our teasers for this week. Now 
Let's get into our underdog money line parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. All right, Stuck, you got two to come through for you last week. Love that one. The Patriots came up short with the fumble at the end. Where are you going with your money line dog this week? Uh, I'll go with Vegas um, plus one. I like the way that they're playing. They're going to play a lot of zone on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe that can that confuses Herbert. I still think that we have a Herbert uh, just shit fest game coming. And I know the Raiders defense is one of the bottom five in the NFL, but their offense should be able to move the ball here. And I, I want to get them the two and a half too and tease them. I don't really love them at one, one and a half at pretty much around where I make it. But if you're going to take a shot in a money line dog and for that inevitable Herbert shit fest game, maybe it's here. So I'll go with the, uh, the Raiders in a game, which is probably a coin flip. Yeah. I, I, I go either way on this one. I mean, on one hand, the chargers, they just can't win games. I mean, they've been unbelievable. Up like 16 points in the last four games and haven't been able to close it out in the second half uh, against really good teams, too. I mean, you're talking about the, the Chargers and the, the Saints and the Bucks and kind of inexplicable. You would figure, yeah, Herbert probably gets that win uh, or he has that shit fest game. I don't know which comes first, but uh, I think I'm just going to stay away from the Chargers until uh, we start seeing some things even out here because uh, this is a, a coin flip, but can't, can't disagree with the Raiders. They are playing well. Derek Carr near the top of the league in uh, adjusted net yards per attempt. He's been great, and uh, they've, they've been dealing with some injuries. So I, there's room for improvement here. Uh, so it, it is a coin flip game, not really a road game or much of a travel game for the Raiders uh, going to L.A. All right. For my money line dog, going with the New York Giants. Divisional game. Road dog plus 120 at the Washington football team. Yeah, the football team's coming off a bye, but I mean, let's be real. This is a coin flip game between two of the worst teams in the NFC. The football team actually did outgain the Giants uh, in that last matchup, end up losing 2019 on, uh, they went for two at the end. Daniel Jones had a red zone interception, seems to make that a habit, but uh, Giants showed some life to me against the Bucks in, in that spot on Monday night. And uh, I think the Giants have enough to beat this team. Like, this is one of the few teams, you know, every time, every, I remember being a Giants and Jets fan back in the day, and they were both terrible. And you just kind of looked at the schedule, and there were certain teams that you just knew, like, okay, this team's going to be three and 13, but there's this, these are the wins that they can get. And for the Giants, the football team is one of those wins. Uh, they're an underdog, they're on the road. Daniel Jones, as a road underdog, against the spread is seven and one. So you can think about taking him, you know, that way, if you, you don't like the straight up money line, Jones tends to play better. He's seven and one against the spread on the road. Um, bunch of close losses in those spots and uh, against some, some, some of the better teams in the week. So I think in this spot, they can get this win uh, like it as a dog in a coin flip game plus one twenty. For the Giants at the football team, any thoughts on that on this game, which is just ugly? The Giants' defense has been playing well. Same with Washington's D. Both offensive lines have been questionable. I thought the Giants showed some better things on the offensive line last week. Can Jones just hit a deep throw? I mean, they win that game by two touchdowns if he doesn't miss all those touchdowns. The only thing I worry about here in this game is, is, is it going to be a – Big time letdown for the Giants. It's just a, a fear of mine on a gut, right? Ready? So it's like situationally, it's a great spot for Washington. They had a bye last week, and now you're getting the Giants on a short week at their Monday Night Football. Although historically, those teams have covered at a ridiculous rate on Monday Night Football because the line, I think, is generally inflated for the spot. And I think that's the case here. It's I make it closer to one and a half, two, and it's three. But the Giants have lost games by one, two, three, and four, and they still have one win, and they lost another heartbreaker to Tampa. So, like, is this the, the game they come out, and it's just a complete flat effort? But other than that, I like it. Yeah, I mean, if the Giants, they've been playing close. If Battle every week. Right. So it's like, and if, if you're covering in this spot, you're essentially winning the game, which is why I brought up the, you know, the 7-1 against the spread. Um, listen, you know, there's, uh, there's not that many options I love in terms of money line dogs this week. The Giants – 
uh, I think the Raiders are, are a great one. And after that, I mean, you could take a shot on the on the Colts, maybe. But uh, there's, you know, there's some, there's not, not in the Broncos, I, they have some COVID situations, which we'll get to. So anyway, that is our money line parlay. Giants plus 120. The Raiders, even though they're a dog, they're minus 106 at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the pod. Uh, parlay that together and you get a total payout uh, of three and about 3.3 to one. So 327 uh, on a $100 bet for a total payout of 427. Uh, now let's get into the best of the rest, which are the games that did not make it into any other segment. All right, best of the rest. We just got a couple of games that uh, had some COVID situations here. First, Vikings, Lions. Detroit! Vikings hosting. The number was at four. Matthew Stafford went on the COVID list. Chance he could play if he gets if he tests negative the rest of the week. But... Uh, I mean, how many points do you have Stafford worth the spread is, I guess, essentially the question here. I have Stafford worth about four points to the spread. Um, you also have to remember Galladay is out as well, and their offense with and without him is huge. Minnesota did a lot of good things on offense last week. Kirk Cousins, by the way, is the number one rated quarterback against man defenses over the past three years, and that's all pretty much the Lions play. And they should be able to run the ball. Uh, against the Lions, who also have defensive injuries as well. They lost Flowers, I believe, and Jared Davis, I think, is banged yep, up. Jared so it's, uh, it's not a pleasant situation in Detroit right now from an injury front. Does Minnesota have a bit of a letdown after that Green Bay win? I don't know. It's all going to come down to Stafford. And even with Stafford back, just without Galladay, that offense just lock, lacks a lot of pop, and they could have done some damage against these Minnesota corners. Yeah, I mean, I have to wait to see the line as without knowing Stafford's status. This game's kind of a mess. Yeah, uh, it, went, it went off the board. It was four. I would guess it reposts closer to six or seven if um, Stafford is questionable. But uh, this seems like a game that Minnesota can actually win by uh, a touchdown or more. So uh, that's about all it can say on that one. We don't really have much information there. Uh, the other game is the Broncos at the Falcons. Broncos four-point underdogs. Shelby Harris, the uh, defensive tackle for the Broncos, went on the COVID list. He's actually rated an 86.9 by Pro Football Focus, the second-best defender on the team. So I did like the Broncos in this spot. I have the Broncos and Falcons power-rated about evenly. So, you know, I didn't. I wasn't buying this four-point spread in favor of the Falcons. I know they're on a long rest, but uh, the Shelby Harris news is concerning just because you know, there could be additional guys that, that pop up on, on that uh, list in the coming days. And I think the strength of the Broncos, regardless of what they did with Locke in that fourth quarter against the Chargers, the strength of the Broncos is still their defense. So uh, really uh, not as confident about the, the the four. Still like it. I think it should be more of a field goal. I actually have it two and a half, but – um, the, the Harris news is a little concerning. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you got to keep – with Atlanta, you have to keep your eye on these their two-star receivers. Julio Jones has just been banged up. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to play this week. But he's dealing with a nagging injury. Calvin Ridley didn't practice today. Yeah. So, obviously, that's something to keep an eye on. This could be and, – and Denver's defense has been pretty good for most of the year. This could be a sneaky under. One of the things that I saw from Atlanta's defense – against Carolina is they blitzed yeah. a ton, which was great because you don't have great cover corner guys and they might get Denard back and Darko's Denard's on an all pro corner, but he's a lot better than some of the guys that they've been trotting out there and the rookies going to get better. But, um, you know, Keanu Neal's played really well. They've been playing him up near the box and they've been blitzing him a lot. And that's what you need to do when you don't have great, coverage on the back end you need to make up for it and it's not like you have great edge pressure it's basically just Grady Jarrett who's an all pro type player but he's just generating pressure from the interior and you don't have great edge rush so you have to generate it because you can't sit back and let your corners who aren't great cover for a long time and so I think what the last straw is is I read some quotes from Raheem Morris and company and Ulbrecht their defensive coordinator they were saying that the Lions game was the last straw. Like, even though most teams would have most likely sat back in that scenario, 
they just were were sick that they the Lions just got the ball back and went up the, went up the field and then scored a touchdown on the final play of the game and it was that easy. So they were like, "This is last all. We need to change things on defense." And it looks like they did. So I like that is something for the Atlanta defense. It's still not a great defense, but you can make some stop more stops now instead of just sitting back and getting picked apart. Yeah, it might be a sneaky under, but there's uh, some injury and COVID questions here. All right. So that does it for the best of the rest. Let's get into our survivor pick of the week. One pick. One chance to advance. Survivor. All right, Stuck. We both used the Bucks last week. They barely won. Uh, we don't have a perfect record. We both took L's in lost one. five, I believe it was. You have the Chiefs and the, the uh, Niners. But uh, who are you going with this week? Well, if you're still around, congrats, as you probably have a good shot of winning. You're not probably in a pool with not too many people left. My plan for the whole year, I saved the Chiefs for this week. So I'm going to take the Chiefs at home against the Panthers. And uh, you don't like, because basically I wanted to use the Chiefs and Ravens. Now the Ravens are a little banged up, but that was my plan going is you want to wait and use the Chiefs. I think the Ravens get like the Jags in week 14, which is really, if you can get there and you still have the Ravens left. You haven't won your pool already. You're in good shape. But you don't want to use like the Chiefs and Ravens in week 16 or 17. You might this year because there's an extra playoff spot, only one by. But in general, I just don't like waiting too long with the elite teams to the final week or two because they might just sit starters. And they might be playing like the Chiefs play the Chargers in week 17. Now, the Chargers aren't going anywhere, but maybe the Chiefs have everything locked up. You have Herbert playing. But going into the season, that's my thought process. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here this week. Uh, I think it's a good week to use them, if you haven't already. Uh, yep, I will go with the – I've used the Chiefs and the Steelers already, so I will go with – I'll go with the Patriots. I mean, that's they're, – they're not as good as we thought they were, so no use saving them. Uh, Jets on a road. Don't usually like to do the division games. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if anything happens, but I uh, have used a lot of the – better teams already so uh we're going with the going with the pats here to keep laying it on piling it on the uh new york jets yeah we'll talk about that more on the uh sunday night football recap that'll be out on monday for the monday night football game and uh, we'll obviously have previews up on all these games on actionnetwork.com and the action network app Yep, be sure to check that out. Check the pods out with uh, Colin and Stucky. You have the Friday college episode, the Monday recap episode, and preview of Monday Night Football. And, of course, the Fantasy Flex uh, that drops on Wednesday. You can follow Stuck on Twitter and the Action Network app, at Stucky2 and me, at Chris Raybon. Good luck in Week 9, and let's get this money. How about them Cowboys? finished talking.